What's up, guys? Welcome to God and Government, um, our weekly Wednesday 11 o'clock show where we talk about God and government. Government. <laughs> Politics. That's right. <laughs> Who would ever thought that that would be the subject of this show? This week we're talking about, so last week, you know, we can remember a little bit, we talked about what it means to be a Christian activist. Mm, yeah. This week we're talking more about what the, the character, the qualifications to be a Christian activist, right? A Christian engaged in... The political sphere. Ooh. Christian engaged in politics, engaged in public life. Yeah. Christians engaged as civil ministers of Christ. Okay. Okay. Whether that be police officers, sheriffs, mayors, or even the president. And I think if we ask anybody, everybody agrees um, that Christians should be engaged somehow in the civil sphere. Nobody would say, no, we're completely separate. We're just, we don't do anything over there. We just watch it or let the world burn. To some degree... Everybody thinks. I mean, we vote in elections. There's a few groups so. out there, the Mennonites, the Amish, that really take that um, that particular approach to a full extreme. Really? But generally, in evangelicalism, people believe we should engage on some level. Yeah. The question is how much? How, how much? How and do we, we bring it? the Bible with us? Oh, uh, you okay. know, Do uh, the virtues listed in the scriptures... You know, does that have any relationship to who we should vote for? Okay. You know, the question is, does character matter? Um, that's, right. that's constantly uh, a question. Are okay. we electing a president or a pastor? Mm. That's another you know? way they said it. Yeah, I've heard that. That's a, a significant debate, and it is a several hundred-year-old debate in uh, Reformed Christian heritage. Hmm. That really goes back all the way to the Reformation. Okay. Do Christians engage? How should they engage? Do they bring their Bibles with them? Mm -hmm. All of the above. This is a huge debate. Okay. Um, I have conclusions. Okay. You know, I've moved down this road a while. Oh, a while. Yeah. Drawn some conclusions. Taken a stand. Okay. You know, I'm I'm not uh, what you might think of as a moderate. Playing okay. it safe and balanced. Okay. I want to I want to stand in the gap. Not stand back safely taking selfies, getting my easy paychecks. <laughs> I want to take a stand in the gap. And, um, and so I want to come out and say, we're coming out of the closet. Oh, snap. Here it comes. Yeah. Um, Christians should engage in politics. In fact, Christians are commanded to. Ooh. And we should bring our Bibles with us. Okay. And we should um, hold fast to God's sovereignty over all three spheres over all of life, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and we should trust him in it, obey him in it, all of the above. Now, folks might hear that and think, well, of course, well, of course. They're just not, they're not um, up to speed on the debates. They're, okay. They, they just haven't um, thoroughly thought through some of the implications of yeah, this. Yeah, because everything but that yeah. you're saying right now, I hear, and I think, well, yeah, I mean, that makes total sense. Why wouldn't we step in and engage, and why wouldn't we be a part of, and why wouldn't we bring our... Bibles with us. Well, I mean, just give me, let me give you a practical example. Um, everyone that knows me knows I'm no shill for the Democrats, and, <laughs> and I'm certainly no um, cheerleader for the Republicans. Right. Um, but I remember back in the election, there was a picture of uh, a famous pastor, you know, in, in somebody's living room. I think it was Donald Trump's living room or family room or den. I mean, I'm sure he has a lot of houses. Um, but he took a, a selfie with with the president mm -hmm. and behind him on the mantle, <laughs> I you remember, remember this? this? I do remember this <laughs> was a, a playboy magazine <laughs> in, a, right. in a frame. And it was the issue that featured Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's right. That's right. That's right. So I do remember that. I, this causes difficulties for evangelicalism. We have to decide: does mm. character matter? Right. What standards do we apply to government officials? Mm-hmm. Right. Do we apply the Bible? Do we apply all of the all of the Bible? Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, super big topic, super important, um, and. The reason I want to talk about this today and in this show is, is, is we have several reasons. Okay. All right. Are folks joining in with us? Yeah. We have a few uh, watchers and we, listeners. The Aaron Vaughn is faithfully. Faithful supporter. You know, he's always there. I'm a little, he, has, he has a job. Aaron has a job. Yes. Yes. Okay. He, he okay. most certainly does. Okay. Great. Great. Um, just checking, Aaron. Just, just checking. Just he checking. definitely does. Right. <laughs> um, you know, it's. Having young men on our show, you know, we need to not take that for granted. That's true. That's you know, very true. It's hard to to have a to build a Christian platform with young men as your primary audience. Amen. That takes a long time to build. Amen. And that's honestly cats out of the bag. That's what we're really aiming for. That's we're really trying to capture the hearts mm. of young men. Or at least I am personally. I like it. And um, I think that uh, a lot will flow from that. That's a one of the first dominoes to to fall. But so I'm, I'm so thankful that Aaron and folks like Aaron are joining us and watching with us. Shout out, Aaron. I also see Darlene Peterson is in here with hey, us. Hey, Darlene. How are you? Good. One of our teachers here. at Christ Church Academy. That's right. That's right. Going strong. We're year. about to be done. I think we only have a couple more days left in the, in the right. school year. That's right. And then report cards and whatnot. Year eight? Year nine? Where year is it? Oh, eight or nine. One Somewhere of those. in there. One of those. That's right. <laughs> It's a great school. It's a great school. Yes, sir. Well, I want to talk about this because the election is coming up, just to say it frankly. Do it. It's coming up in, you know, just a few months. So, and Jesus has things to say about who we should vote for and how or we not vote operate. for. Yes. Right. And it seems as though the, the fact that the election is coming up soon is um, influencing much of what is happening right now. Yeah. I mean, I've the whole, that the, too. just the... Things on during election years get odd. They get strange. It seems like in some instances, people are trying to safely distance themselves from making any decisions whatsoever, and then other people are jumping into one ditch or the other as yeah. hard as they possibly can. I don't. I don't envy. I don't envy anyone trying to make these decisions. They're tough. But election is coming, mm. and if the last election was was proof enough, it totally divided the church. Right. Divided right. the church along uh, political camps, left mm-hmm. and right wing versions of the Enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Um, it mm-hmm. divided the the church in uh, race and in, in um, demographic, right, and in age, right. You know, and we were dealing with that fallout for like six, eight months. Yes. Now, and churches all over the all over the nation we're dealing with is. Mm-hmm. I believe that the scriptures hold the theological foundations for how we could avoid being tossed to and fro with every wind of election. Mm, I really do okay. think that the scriptures could bring us together. Amen. So I really do believe that. That's what I'm aiming for. That's why I speak on God and government. And one of the reasons why I speak on God and government is because I want to build the foundations of the church, mm-hmm. that there mm-hmm. might be more mm-hmm. unity among us. So that's one reason. Um, another one, it seems as though these days... Uh, trust of the government, you know, it's a little shaky. <laughs> in, in some cases, people are saying, you know, blindly trust. Mm-hmm. I suppose there's a few people saying that. Other people are saying never trust. Right. You know, 
how do we know who we can trust? Right. That's a big question. Right. But I mean, I, I suppose the main reason we have this podcast and the main reason we want to talk about the qualifications of Christians engaged in politics is because we as a church, I at least, want to lead the church and all of the pastors want to lead the church in more and more engagement in the political sphere. Right. That's right. Not as the church, the church and the state are separate, they're two different spheres, mm -hmm. but as the church raising up and equipping individuals mm. to follow a vocation or a calling in the civil sphere. Got it. That's what, I want to see more and more of that happening. Mm. I want to say to young men who want to follow God and be a minister of Christ and um, go into full-time Christian ministry mm -hmm. that you have more options than just being a pastor. That's right. That's right. right. We don't all need those more poor pastors necessarily, <laughs> but we do need more just, trustworthy, godly men who fear the Lord in the civil sphere. Mm -hmm. And they're only mm -hmm. going to be raised up in the family and in the church. Right. So I don't think I will personally ever be engaged in the political sphere. Mm -hmm. That's not how God has wired me. Um, and I don't know anything about it hardly. Right. I don't know the inner workings of that sphere. Sure, sure. What God has called me to do is to lay the biblical foundations for others to engage, mm -hmm. to lay the groundwork so that we don't have Christchurch people, you know, standing up with Playboy magazines behind them. Right. You know, so that we have Christchurch people not standing up for abortion and other ev the evils of the Democrat Party, mm -hmm. the evils of the Republican Party. We want Christians engaged who fear the Lord, who are godly. And, and the only way that's going to happen is if the pastors and the parents raise those young folks up. Amen. That's mainly why I want to have this podcast. Amen. Who knows? This, st this stuff goes into the archive. Mm. Might be some young men in 20 years listening to this mm. and, and getting called by the Spirit of God. Getting fired up. That's right. To fired engage up. in a biblical, local civil government that would be amazing amen so maybe we're talking to you maybe that's aaron right there right we're looking at you aaron Vaughn. <laughs> we're looking right so, at you who knows who that could be god can raise up men uh, when you least expect it so all right so the character the virtues the qualifications of christian political activists christian christians engaged in politics mm, okay where do we start here we go exodus chapter 18 verse 17 Exodus eighteen seventeen, there was a political problem. Okay. There was some political dysfunction. Justice was not being served. Uh, the children of Israel had, had been birthed out of Egypt and through the waters of the Red Sea into the wilderness. They okay. were now a new nation founded. They had a constitution. God's promises were given to them. But there was some difficulties, some political difficulties, not unlike the difficulties in Acts chapter 6. Okay. Right, where the, the deacons, uh, the, uh, some of the widows were not receiving the, the just amounts of the benevolence fund. Okay. So, but okay. here we see the, the sort of the type of that. It's an administrative problem. There's some issue kind <laughs> an of. An administrative done. problem, a civil problem mm -hmm. that was leading to injustice, overtaxing of the uh, political infrastructure, the administrative infrastructure. Mm -hmm. Maybe um, some infighting. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure of that. Moses had a problem. Mm-hmm. His godly father-in-law, Jethro, came to him and said, What are you doing is not good. You and the people will, with you will certainly wear yourselves out, for the thing is too heavy for you. You are not able to do it alone. You see, one of the principles here of biblical localism, of uh, di diversity, of, um, of uh, you know, callings, okay. Um, okay. 
you see here a balance of power. You see here sort of, a, you know, not a singular monarch who believes himself to be the law or mm-hmm. to be God, mm-hmm. but you see some diversification, some delegation taking place early on. Jethro t- tells him, now obey my voice. I will give you advice and God be with you. You shall represent the people before God and bring their cases to God. And you shall warn them about the statutes and the laws and make them know the way in which they must walk and what they must do. All right? So preaching the Bible, mm-hmm. teaching the statutes and the laws, mm-hmm. bringing their cases to God. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, he was doing justice and he was doing the a minister's work. Verse 21. Moreover, look for able men from the people. Right. Remember, mm-hmm. that it's a representative form of government. Mm-hmm. We know from Deuteronomy that the people elected these representatives okay. and Moses um, approved of them okay. or ordained them um, in the sight of God. So look for these able men from all the people. And here's the qualifications. OK. Ready. Men who fear God. Okay. One who are trustworthy and hate a bribe and place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens, and let them judge or rule the people at all times. Right? So we have here, of course, in many other places in scriptures, Mm -hmm. uh, explicitly or implicitly, we have here some of the primary qualifications of a politician. Qualifications of a civil servant, of any Christian who wants to engage in the political sphere. God has given them the sword. Okay. Who do you not want running around with the sword? Children. Children? <laughs> fools? That's right. right. And the wicked. Right. You do not want children, fools, or the wicked with that much power. Got it. Right. A nation is cursed when they're ruled over by children, fools, and the wicked. Okay. You want the people who have the sword to fear God. Amen. Right? Yeah. Godly men, all right, check this out. Um, You do not want a man over you who's not under God. This is, not to put it too too out there, this is my primary reservation with the overwhelming majority of our political leaders. Mm, They don't Um, fear the Lord. It does not seem that publicly they fear the Lord. Hmm. And okay. it seems to me, based on the information that I have, that our civil sphere is um, inundated by corrupt men, mm. Um, mm. greedy for gain, greedy yeah. for power, who do not fear the Lord. Mm. You don't want a man to rule over you who's not under God. When, when you see a man who is filled with pride and hubris before the Lord and who will not name the name of Christ— who will not submit to God's authority, this is not someone you want to break out the pom-poms for. Mm -hmm. When you see a man who is a rank pagan, completely disregarding the commandments of Scripture, Mm -hmm. um, cavalierly and callously engaged in all manner of of murder and intrigue and corruption, Mm -hmm. this is not who we want ruling over us. And we, we, we should also say we live in the South, and everybody will... Well, everybody, you know, speaking generally, will tip their hat to God and they'll say prayers in public and they'll get the priest to come and be a part of some ceremony that they're doing. Like that's that's a common practice in South Louisiana. But 
I think it's important for us to say they're holding to the commands of God. Their look, their their stand, their standard is His standard. Yes, it's it's a totally different conversation when you say it that way, and that implies that we know <laughs> what the Bible says in the first place so that we have the discernment to say, yes, this man is Amen. a follower of God or he is not and be able to say it clearly. Amen. Amen. Godly men. That's what we want. Mm-hmm. Men who fear the Lord, who have a reverence and awe of God and who have a genuine fear of God's judgment should they violate his commandments. Mm-hmm. Not pagans, mm-hmm. not nominal religionists, right? Right. Not Christians in name only. Mm-hmm. Um, Christians who bring their Bible with them. How can you say that you fear the Lord and you don't hold fast to his scriptures? Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Christians who heed his law in their personal lives and in their private lives and in their public lives. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of the qualifications of elders in a church is that they manage their household well. Right. Their children are in the faith. They're blameless. They're godly. Um, They love their wife. The same applies to civil authorities. Hmm. You do not want a man ruling over you in the civil realm who can't even manage his own household well. Right. That's the training ground. All right. Hmm. A man who doesn't believe that the world is governed by God and his covenant is not a man you want to rule over you. Hmm. That should not be the uh, end game of your prayers. Hmm. That doesn't mean some aren't worse than others. Right. I mean, some derelicts are worse than other derelicts. Sure. Um, However, if we're going to pray for something and hope for something and raise up something inside of our church, it's going to be godly men who fear the Lord. Mm. We don't need more pragmatists. We don't need more people whose ultimate faith is in social science. Mm. We don't need more um, biblically illiterate civil leaders. Right. We need godly men who fear the Lord, know his commandments, walk in his statutes, and trust him and love him. Amen. Amen? Amen. Um, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Even the wisdom to rule well, Mm. to rule justly. Mm -hmm. If they don't have the fear of the Lord, they do not even have the starting point of wisdom. Right. And that is not the person you want to hold the sword. When mm. that is who holds the sword, injustice abounds. So, and when we should also say, when we're talking about holding the sword, we're talking about civil authorities. The, uh, the power of coer- the God-ordained power of coercion mm-hmm. to compel, mm-hmm. to execute, to scourge, to imprison, to detain and arrest. Mm-hmm. These are not the people you want. Having that you kind of not, power. Yes. You don't want wicked men on your police force. Amen. That's an easy statement, right? Amen. When there is a world, imagine this, a world where there is no heaven above, you know, only earth below. There's no God up in heaven, no heaven, no hell, no heavenly justice. Mm-hmm. That world is a world rife with injustice and evil and wickedness because men are naturally greedy, right? Mm-hmm. Lustful, mm-hmm. lustful for power and for gain. Mm-hmm. You want a man who is self-governed and who is governed by the law of God and who walks in a reverent, awe, fear of God. Amen. Uh, You want a king who in the back of his mind thinks, if I boast on this wall and say, look at this Babylon that I have built, God very well may strike me down. Hmm. You want that fear in the back of his head. Mm -hmm. You want there to be some submission and trust. Second, second qualification we see right there, trustworthy. Okay. Not corrupt. They love the truth. Okay. Okay. They love 
um, to get down to the bottom of things. Their yes is yes, their no is no. Amen. Let me turn my phone off. I'm getting blown up here. <laughs> You're a very important person. Pastor Joe's blowing me up. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Pastor Joe. Second, men of truth. Mm. They need to not only know the truth, but love the truth. Meditate on the truth. Mm. The, the ideal king in First Samuel had the book of God's law beside him. And he, he meditated, meditated on, on it day and night. Day and night. Right. Amen. They execute justice with truth. They walk in the truth openly. They're not shady and corrupt. Mm-hmm. They're not duplicitous. They're thoroughly honest. Mm-hmm. Men who love the truth. Right? We do not want biblically illiterate novices mm-hmm. to rule over us who don't really know their scriptures, don't know the truth, right. haven't meditated on it, don't love and delight in it. Right. It's not very helpful. So what you're saying is that a person who's running for office, let's say president, who maybe prays a prayer to receive Christ six months before election day, still might not be the most qualified person for the job. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it seems not as to though reference our, a specific situation right, or anything like right. that. And it, it seems as though our politicians l- know when to tip their hat to God mm-hmm. and when not to. It's right? it's a it's they a ploy all to get seem elected. to to like the like the Israelites who brought the the ark into battle mm-hmm. as if it's a, a rabbit's foot. Right. They all seem to be like, yep. Uh, you know, here's one of the man upstairs, mm-hmm. depending on who's listening. Well, and functionally, um, you're talking about how politics is so involved with pragmatism these days. Uh, that's functionally what we've landed in, I think. That's why we have two parties, because we're saying, well, lesser are two evils. We're going to go with this guy. If I vote for anybody else, they're never going to get elected. Right. And we're, we're saying, um, I care more about if this person will serve my personal needs better and, than the other one. And, and I, I certainly don't pretend to have all the answers as it pertains to who should we vote for when we should vote for them Hmm. but i have the scriptures clearly teaching me the qualifications Mm -hmm. and at least i know who to cheer for and who not to cheer for yeah Yeah. you know i I have i have no harsh judgment for any christian who holds their nose and votes for someone because the other guy is you know way worse sure okay I don't want to get out the pom-poms, you know, <laughs> yeah. throw a party to celebrate someone who does not walk in the fear of the Lord. Right. I want to pray for leaders who walk in the fear of the Lord. Amen. I don't want to, to have a, you know, a halfway mm-hmm. answer to that prayer. Mm-hmm. I want the whole thing. So these are men who hate bribes. That's another qualification we see right here. Okay. They're not selfish, greedy. They're not in it for power and money. They're not in it for the kickbacks. Yeah, they don't do it for what's best for them. Mm-hmm. They go into it as a servant. Amen. They're asked to serve. They serve to the best of their ability. Mm-hmm. Think of all the evil tyrants in Scripture. Ahab, what did he want? Naboth's property. Mm. Naboth's vineyard. Mm-hmm. Nadab and Abihu. They went around during the festival and stole people's sacrifices. Mm. They, they had that big pitchfork they would stick down in people's gumbo pots right and whatever right. they brought up ah we'll take that right basically the festival irs going around stealing <laughs> what wasn't right theirs saul he took the spoils of war from agag mm-hmm. but abraham refused the spoils daniel refused the spoils from belshazzar and christ think about christ utterly and totally selfless mm-hmm. not greedy for gain not greedy for power or money 
but gave over all of himself as a servant Amen. to his people. So we, don't, we want men who hate bribes. Not only men who don't take bribes, but hate, hate it. Hmm. Hate the very thought of it. Hmm. They're there as servants, not to be um, controlled by lobbyists, not to be controlled by powerful people in their community, right. but to stand up for true justice regardless of how much money or power it brings them. Amen. These are the qualifications. He goes on, he says, able men, they have to be able. You might have godly men who meet these other qualifications, but they're simply not able. They don't have the um, requisite skill, Mm -hmm. or they don't have the experience. Mm -hmm. You know, they weren't raised up in that. They don't have um, perhaps the the mental or the emotional um, fortitude. Mm Mm-hmm. Just because someone meets certain spiritual qualifications doesn't mean they're competent and able to lead, execute, implement, organize, motivate. Right. Got to have that. Okay. Men like Nehemiah. Mm. We need some Nehemiahs. Amen. In Christ Church that, in, that are competent, capable, knowledgeable, mm-hmm. godly, fear the Lord, mm-hmm. hate a bribe, trustworthy, totally trustworthy, loving the truth of God to go into it. To engage into the civil sphere. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is what our prayer should all be. Amen. Amen. How are folks doing? We lost anyone? No. Or everyone? We're, we're in. Yeah. <laughs> we're <hanging> <laughs> folks are making it through. We've got some questions coming in, but we'll save those for a I little bit like later. I feel like you've stated a few controversial things. Maybe people have some, some <laughs> harsh words for you they'd like to share. It's okay. <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind. I could take it on the chin. Yeah. <laughs> it's a safe place. Well, remember David. Think of David. King David. Okay. All right. This is, this is what an honorable man, okay. an honorable young man. Now, later in life, he, you don't want to follow that example. Hmm. But early on, God chose him from the sheep pasture, mm-hmm. promised him the kingdom, gave him favor among men. They were shouting his name. Mm-hmm. All right. He knew by the promises of God that he would become a king. Mm-hmm. Even then, how did he treat Saul? Saul was persecuting him, oppressing him, cast him into exile. Mm-hmm. And even then, when David had the opportunity to kill Saul, he wouldn't do it. He didn't. He, he still... wouldn't strike the Lord's anointed. He mm-hmm. wouldn't lead a rebellion. Mm. You understand? Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. wouldn't grasp for power. Mm. He wouldn't strive for power with earthly and carnal um, methods. Mm-hmm. He understood that the kingdom is not going to come by way of the sword mm. or fleshly um, instruments, not by revolution. fleshly weapons. No, he did cut off a piece of Saul's garment, which he later repented of. He <laughs> said, even that, that was too close. Shouldn't have done that. Okay. Right? Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. David, I think the, the word above it is that David fought fair. Hmm. He fought justly. He hit above the belt. Mm-hmm. Now, this is not a man who wouldn't hit. Right. This was not what we might think of as a nice guy, you know. Right. Um, he wasn't David nec- was a warrior. David was a warrior. He, this, David wasn't necessarily at home in a dinner party where everyone is expected to speak politely. Right. He understood that the world is not a library, mm-hmm. and you can't always just be shushed. He had some edge to him. He was mm-hmm. a man. He took down giants. Right. But he fought fair. I think the word for it is he was honorable. He was mm. honorable. We need political leaders who know how to fight. 
but they hit above the belt. They know how to fight honorably. They're honorable. They're just. They don't try to take what the Lord has not given them. Hmm. They don't try to grasp for power with earthly means. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Listen to First uh, Corinthians sixteen says, "Be on your guard." Okay, that's manly. Okay, that's you know that's one of the things we should do as we engage in politics. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. And then he says, and this might seem to be a juxtaposition, do everything in love. Hmm. Think about that. Hmm. We need men who can fight. Christ Church, those of you listening, mm-hmm. raise up your children like this. We need men who can fight without slinging mud mm-hmm. and muckraking. We need men who can fight but also love their neighbors, hmm. love the strangers among us, love their enemies. Men who fight clean and open, who state their conclusions. They're not shady and slippery. Right. They're not corrupt. These days when we think of politics, we think what? Politics is dirty. Right. Right. It's slippery. Mm-hmm. Right. It's slick. You have to be slippery and slick to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, and here's the buzzword. You've got to learn to compromise. Right. I'm going to reject all of that. No. <laughs> we yeah. don't compromise. We are on our guard. We stand firm in the faith. We are courageous. We are strong. We love everyone, our enemies, our neighbors. Mm-hmm. We fight clean. We fight honorable. But when it comes to the truth and to justice, we don't reach across the aisle. We don't compromise. Mm-hmm. We don't play political games for political favors. Ooh, that's some dangerous stuff you're saying right there, man. We just stand firm <laughs> in the faith. Amen. Someone's going to say, now that sounds arrogant. Mm. No, that is the definition of humble. Right. You're trusting in the Lord to give you political influence or power, should he choose to do so. Right. Would he give us political influence and power when we pick up the sword and fight dirty and compromise with pagans? Mm. When we don't stand firm on his word? When we're not courageous and not strong? Why would he entrust us with more if we're not faithful with a little? Right. Amen. I, mean, I think so much of this speaks to how... Like where a, a person who might be pursuing things like this finds their security. Because if you're insecure and you're looking for people's approval or if you're looking for their accolades or your financial stability or anything like that, you're not going to be able to do it. Right. You're not going to be able to stand firm on the truth and say, no matter what happens, no matter who throws mud at me or how quickly I get fired from my job, I'm going to stand right here and not going to move. Because you're insecure in the Lord, yeah, not amen. in other people's thoughts of Your you. Calling is secure. Mm-hmm. I was called to this by the Lord, who indeed calls civil ministers. Mm-hmm. Just like Moses, just like Joseph was called, just like Daniel. These were men who knew where their calling came from. Amen. They knew the works that God had planned for them before the foundation of the world. Mm-hmm. They knew their Bibles, and they stood firm and courageous and just. Mm. They fought. Indeed, they fought. They were courageous. But they were honorable the entire way. They didn't play political games. I mean, we need men who aren't there to play games. Amen. If God doesn't want to grant the success, grant the influence or power, that's his prerogative. Amen. But we stand firm. So be it. We need men who do the right thing the right way. Hmm. Christian political activists must be totally and thoroughly ethical Hmm. across the board. On the inside and the outside. Amen? Amen. Salt and light, even when we enter a realm which is dirty. We don't become co-belligerents with the godless. 
We don't, we don't fight dirty. We don't sneak around in the back halls of power. We're open, we're firm, we're trustworthy, we're honest, mm-hmm. we walk blamelessly before the Lord, and we trust him to give us power or influence if he chooses to. Hmm. Amen. <laughs> and I think, like, I'm, I'm, like, remembering my childhood 30 years ago, thinking back to um, the kind of the culture that I grew up in. These were, these were common things that were taught to me and to people, you know, my age growing up, but we never really knew why they were taught. It was honor for the sake of honor. It yeah, was sure. it was being it was being kind, just traditions, being fair, the because, traditions because of you should be. Mm-hmm. But here we're seeing no. This is clearly this is derived from the Bible. Amen. Now it's now I got something to stand on. Now I, I got a thing to show my kids. I think yes. Amen. I I think Christians might be able to understand this if they consider the church. We don't have, at least in my circles, a lot of experience in the civil realm. The civil mm-hmm. realm seems to have been handed over to pagans and to secularists. Mm-hmm. They sort of run things, and we beg and plead and um, kiss the ring, we hoping hope that, to get some political favor. We hope that we get included in their stimulus packages yeah. whenever they pass them. Yeah, all, all of the above. Mm-hmm. We don't understand that realm too much. We don't have a lot of people engaged in it mm-hmm. because of the, our theological past, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But we understand the church, and we understand the church is political, don't we? Mm-hmm. People play dirty. Sure. People are sneaky. People use slander, and they, they make plans in back rooms. They have secret meetings. Right. They blacklist people privately. Right. Well, how many times have we heard stories of pastors being fu- going to a meeting and realizing halfway through the meeting, the meeting is to get them fired? Indeed. And they didn't know that before they Plus, the they door. weren't invited to the meeting before the meeting or the one where the narratives that. were established. <laughs> right. You know, That's right. There hasn't been a judge, a jury. There hasn't been due process. I've been through this for many years. Mm-hmm. And every pastor knows and people who live in churches know it's political. What mm. you want for a man of God, a pastor, is someone who is open, doesn't play games with people, mm. isn't political in a in that dirty sense, mm-hmm. not going to sling mud, not going to muckrake, not going to share people's secrets, mm-hmm. but who's going to stand firm on the word of God. And if God wants to lead the church in a direction, he leads it regardless of the slanders or the suspicions of people that come alongside and whisper and snipe. Regardless of that, he stands firm on his foundation and he moves forward like a man. Hmm. That's what we want for our pastors, right? That's, of course, what we want for our pastors. For sure. We want pastors who know how to fight, but they fight honorable. They fight justly, and they love their neighbors, Amen. and they love their enemies. We want the same thing for civil magistrates. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the ideal. The only way you can g- engage in politics with that is if you have faith in the Bible, faith in God's word. Hmm. Look, consider this. Daniel, standing firm, courageous, a man of God, a very powerful and savvy political leader. Mm -hmm. He stands firm all the way into prison. Mm. Joseph, all the way into prison, right? Mm -hmm. Remember Esther? You know, Esther was a political leader. She was finally cornered by this man who had a plot to kill off her and all of her people. Mm -hmm. they, they, They stayed faithful and courageous all the way into the point of prison. Right. The Apostle Paul imprisoned, mm-hmm. right? They, they went down into the tomb with Christ, so to speak, standing on what was right. But they understood this. How do they have the faith and the courage to do this? They understood that God gives the increase. You know, just like we were saying yesterday on Household and Homestead, mm-hmm. you can water and you can plant. 
But at the end of the day, God gives the increase. Mm -hmm. And he gives the increase through his covenant and through his covenantal promises. And what does he say? Stay faithful in the little. What does he say? I work all things for good. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They understood that people are given influence and power as a gift ultimately, not as something they grab. Mm -hmm. Power and money are very similar. One can be a gift or it can be a curse. Mm -hmm. Christians understand that it only comes by a gift, and so they must not compromise. Mm -hmm. To compromise actually works against them. So Christians don't need a maneuver. We don't need a jockey for position. We don't need to politic. We just need to trust the Lord and do what's right, knowing that he has promises of prosperity and abundance for his people when they remain faithful. Amen. Trusting the results to him. They understood this. All who desire to live godly lives will be persecuted. It's going to be a fight. Right. It's inevitable. Right. So time to put the armor on. Don't compromise. (laughs) What do you think happens when you compromise with a persecutor? When someone's, you know, got got their sights on you and you you meet them halfway? When you compromise. My first thought is you don't get that ground back. You don't. Do they say, oh, okay. um, Next time I'll meet you. I'll, I'll leave you alone now. No. No. If you desire to live godly, you will be persecuted because they hate you and they hate your Lord. And they will not be satisfied until you no longer exist. Hmm. Okay? Hmm. They're not going to be happy if you just compromise. Mm -hmm. You're not going to find an easy way out. If you want to live godly, if you want to lead godly, if you want to serve godly, just get ready for it. It's coming. Mm -hmm. It's inevitable. Daniel knew that. He was planning for it. He prepared his heart for it. Mm -hmm. Joseph knew it. Right? Nehemiah knew it. All the political leaders and ministers of Christ in the civil realm understood this fact. Yeah. And they understood this. And this one I love. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of the water, he turns it wherever he wishes. Hmm. Proverbs 21.1. They don't need, you don't need to politic. You don't need to play dirty. Hmm. You don't need to maneuver or compromise. God's going to do what he wants. God's going to do what he wants. Hmm. There's no king that is outside of God's sway. Amen. How about this one? God causes all things to work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Mm. Was David a pragmatist? Or was he principled? He was obviously not a principled man. Yeah. He goes into exile. He's promised glory. He's promised the kingdom. Mm-hmm. He goes into exile. Mm-hmm. And through exile, he's resurrected as king. Mm-hmm. Right. He didn't ally himself with corrupt old timers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He didn't mm-hmm. hand out a bunch of corrupt jobs through, uh, you know, political patronage. That's right. Um, he didn't scratch people's backs so they could scratch his. He didn't compromise for lobbyists or financial backers. He wasn't a conservative humanist. Mm-hmm. He was a Christian. You know, he was a biblicist. He held fast to his Bible. Right? And he Amen. wasn't a dud. He fought like a man. Right? Amen. He fought like a man who understood that politics... Maybe dirty, but we don't have to compromise. But we do have to fight with courage and honor. Amen. Amen. So, I don't know if folks are asking questions or engaged with us, but here, but I'm ready to do a call to action. Okay, we got we got a handful of questions. You want to do? Let's questions do some first? questions before we before we sign out. Okay, yeah, we, sure. That'd we be got great. two. We got two. One of is a little bit long. I'm going to try to read through it. So, Christy Wagasmack asks, "I'd like to know if." It is a heart issue for me 
to share information exposing those ungodly traits about politicians and leaders either currently or seeking to rule. So she's saying, I think she's asking, is it a problem for her to expose ungodly traits in politicians and leaders who are either running for election or currently holding office? I think that's what she's saying. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. 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 Mm-hmm. Can't know the heart. I can't know. Um, I can't. Maybe. I think this would be tough to say. Okay. Okay. I don't believe that each of us is called to be, um, not each and every one of us individually is called to be prophets. Okay. But Facebook is a thing, though. Right. Everybody's Facebook a gives everyone a platform. <laughs> right. But the scriptures are very clear that we should not all desire to be teachers. That, Amen. That we should not all desire to have that extra level of judgment on us. Um, Amen. My wife, I think, is a good example in this. She, her primary motivation and primary orientation is to me and her household and her children. You're not going to see her blowing up Facebook regarding politics. Hmm. She leaves that for me, right? (laughs) Yeah, okay. This is going to be highly controversial, and I'm just going to state it real plainly and simply. When you look at the Proverbs 31 woman, she lifts her husband up, and he becomes famous in the gates. Mm -hmm. That means he's engaged in the political process. He's one of the civil authorities that has been raised up. She supports him. Mm-hmm. When we take these general principles, I would find it, generally speaking, odd for a, a wife and a mom to be constantly sniping at civil authorities. Okay. Generally speaking, my first reaction would be, oh, you know, I don't think that's primarily what it should be about. Okay. okay. Now, there's obviously exceptions to this. Right. There's a Lots lot to say. But if we speak in the normative pattern, the typical pattern, that's not going to be the housewife or the mom's, you know, mm-hmm. main calling. They're not going to wake up in the morning and be like, okay, which civil leader can I blow up this morning? Mm-hmm. I'll also add this. It is not their individual callings to go around blowing up their pastors either. Right? There's an elder board, mm-hmm. right? A collection of men who have callings and accountabilities. There is a congregation. Mm-hmm. It is not the calling of one individual to hunt down heresy in okay. the church. Okay. Like sneaking through the pews and sniping pastors, catching them in things and, 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 and insinuating things and suspecting their motives. That's not, we don't all have that prerogative. Right. Thank God we don't. We would bite and devour <laughs> each other. Right. 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 So I, there probably is some heart things there. There probably is some, uh, you know, there probably is. Okay. Yeah. Now, boy, I hate to have, I hate to talk about this publicly, but you know, <laughs> she was vulnerable and asked a public great question. You go, so Christy. That's my guess. Way to put you know, yourself out there. That is. That's that's honorable to do that. Yeah. Um, we got a few. But more of course, there's exceptions to that. Go ahead. We got a few more questions. This we might have a thousand uh, more questions now that I just <laughs> said right. that. But. Well, Christy's very grateful. She says thank you. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Um, so Jonathan Dupuy says, as a Christian activist, do you quote scripture? And reference 
reference scripture in discussions, conversations, I'm assuming he's talking about in the public sphere with people who are engaged in civil discourse, or do you just state it as a fact? I mostly stick to quoting Darwin, um, <laughs> Immanuel Kant, Hegel, and the various other authorities that our world acknowledges um, as, as uh, ultimately to true. God. As opposed to Jesus, the king of over all the kings. No, sorry, sorry for my snark there, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan and I are friends, for those of you who don't know, so he can handle it. And we're men. We fight. You know? We snark. That's what we do. No, yeah. You... Quoting Bible verses. I mean, the funny thing is, is all the politicians quote Bible verses. Right. It's just that when they do it, it, it seems so uh, forced and icky. Mm-hmm. You can kind of tell they have no idea what they're talking about. Right. <laughs> right. No, I right. do think we should have our Bibles. We should quote our Bibles. We should make our decisions according to the Bible. Hmm. We should stand, as it were, on the Bible. It is our mm. ultimate source of authority. Mm. How else do we know what we're doing is right or good or just or true? And we're making it obvious that we are drawing these conclusions from the Bible. I think we're, that's fine. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's no reason not to. We've got to remember this. We don't have to maneuver. We don't have to be sneaky and political. We don't have to bait and switch people. We don't have to feel like we have to win the fight right now in front of the, whoever may be listening. Well, and, and it's not like the men of this world aren't shrewd. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're not going to know. You know what I'm saying? Right. If you're a godly Christian standing on the Bible, you're going to be drawn out. Right. They're not going to let you stay anonymous and uh, play it safe. No, They're going to put the light of secularism right on you. Right. Yeah, for sure. I say come out. I say come out of the gate swinging, fighting honorable, clean, standing on the Bible. Let God determine the outcome. This reminds me. Whenever of course, not everyone agrees with that. This is a long-term debate, but that's where I'm at. The um, This reminds me of whenever we were first beginning the process of launching the pregnancy center and we went to the city hall meeting where the um, local abortionist was also presenting that particular day Hmm. and um, bible verses were quoted but um, it was interesting by y'all or by the abortionist both Uh, well people in support of the abortionist i should say that i see i see Um, and the reference was judge not don't don't judge this person who's it's such an interesting dynamic, and so it's it's so strange to see how to say what. And obviously, I didn't think at that point it was the right time to say, "Okay, actually, you're misinterpreting that verse." Here's the correct application of this particular. It didn't feel appropriate in that moment. It, you didn't really have the uh, platform to do an exegetical study. For <laughs> no, we, you could have just done time. like Jesus and said, "You've uh, made the law of God of none effect by your traditions." All that is is a tradition. Don't judge. Don't judge. They've rejected the entire law of God. Mm -hmm. And then they pick up this one distorted, truncated law. And they literally excommunicate people with it. And they judge people with it. There's no escape from law. It's just which one. Their law is the traditions of men and the traditions of their um, uh, backward, twisted pulpit preaching, I suppose, or wherever they learn this uh, truncated view of judge not. Right. But it's funny how they're, you're, you're fighting with law. You're mm-hmm. fighting with what is justice, what is right, and what is true. You've got you to gotta go in there with the Bible. What else, they, what else are you going to stand on? Amen. What else are you going to stand on? Amen. That kind of wraps up all our uh, G- questions Great questions. Those are right good. Now. Yeah. Those are good questions. You're doing super well. So did y'all have some Bible verses when you, when you went to yeah, uh, city I, council? I, I um. Or maybe just some alluded... Rescue those who are slipping away to death. I, I'll, no, the only thing that one. I did in that meeting was put the charge at the council's feet. I said, here's what's happening. You're going to be judged for this. Here's what the Bible says you should do. Dang. Move appropriately. Well, I mean, 
I didn't know, I don't know what else to Good do in you. that moment. Good for it you. was like here do something. That nothing was done. Nothing changed. Mm-hmm. But Maybe God's I feel like my hands were clean. Wow, look at that. that no, was I good. don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> wow. Man, well, I th- appreciate all of our listeners and all of the people commenting. And um, that's great. Amen. I'm going to give a call to action for Christ Church, at least. And for all the churches out there listening. All right, here we go. We're called to be salt and light in all areas of life. Amen. We've got to be proactive about this. We can't just pitch a fit, complain, snipe. We have to present a godly alternative. We can't just tear down non-Christian pagan governmental leaders. We have to raise up some Nehemiahs, some Daniels, some Josephs. We have to provide this alternative. Bottom-up reform. We, We are not saying take or seize political power. I'm not even sure if the typical evangelical church was given civil authority, if they could even come close to handling it. Hmm. I'm not sure we're ready for that. Right. We've got to raise up the men that are capable. Amen. That are ready for that. Amen. The church has to be about raising up men of ability who fear the Lord. We have to raise up these able men as fathers, pastors, and civil magistrates. If we were entrusted with the scales of justice... Would there be any men among us capable and God-fearing? That's my big question. That's what we'll leave it with today. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a great show today. Thank you so much for the great engagement. I hope that you guys are getting a lot out of this and continuing to learn and grow and be transformed Amen. in the knowledge of the truth. Um, as we continue to walk down this road, I'm sure more questions will come up. You can email those to me at Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T, at wearechristchurch.com, and we'll follow up with those. You can also post them in the comments of the feed. If you're listening to this show Uh, online through one of our podcast resources. We broadcast live on Facebook at Christchurch Media every Wednesday at 11 for God and Government. Um, You can also catch our show on Tuesday at 11, which is Household and Homestead, and Friday at 10 in the morning. morning. Also on Facebook Live is um, How to Dad. And that is that. Thank you guys so much for joining in with us this week, and we will see you all next time. Next time.